Hey, Swarmcast listeners, thanks for tuning in and being a part of our community at HawkeyeInsider.com 24-7 Sports. The Big Ten is back. Iowa Hawkeyes football is back, and we are ecstatic about it. We have loads of original content planned over the coming weeks to prepare for Iowa season opener on October 24th. As a reward for your loyalty and readership, we want to offer you a 60% discount off an annual subscription to Hawkeye Insider VIP. More than 220 articles per month, exclusive message board access where the real good stuff is shared, and premium access to all of 24-7's original content. Be on top of the curve. Be ahead of the game. No information before the actual public does. We will keep you in tune with all things Hawkeye-related. Again, 60% off an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com. Any questions, you tweet at me, at David Eichel, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T. Now, let's dive into the Swarmcast. A month ago, we did not see this coming, but the Big Ten is officially back, starting football October 23rd and 24th. David Eichel here, HawkeyeInsider.com, along with Sean Bach for an emergency swarm cast, but I think well-deserved. Well I mean, this is it, – it's crazy just th- to think about the amount of progress that the Big Ten's made over the last month, probably the most divisive month in conference history. It, it's still kind of – resonating with me the saga that we we've been trying to cover i mean sean we've spent entire days trying to follow along with what's going on i've been on the phone like crazy with people and i can't imagine what the public felt like because despite me even following along with it all day i still didn't know what was going on at times i mean it's just been an absolutely wild journey to say the least sean yeah i mean with all the reports that were coming out too from different outlets um, obviously you got some of the ones that are pretty credible and some of the ones that kind of just appeared for this whole, this whole saga. Um, it was definitely pretty tough to get accurate information out there. I know just as like journalists in general, it kind of frustrated us a little bit because there was so much going on and just seemed like everyone had, had a source or had a head intel on what was going on. No one really knew what was accurate because there were so many so many conflicting reports um, and just to finally get something official from the big 10 was really nice. Um, just to finally get that sure, that sure confirmation um, is a step in the right direction for the conference. And just, I mean, now we get to watch college football, cover college football. So, and I think too, just some, I don't, I don't know how much I want to get into like safety guidelines and stuff, but just the way testing has been able to advance and just more tests and, how, I don't know, just how they've been able to really amp that up a little bit in the past month and prove some of these other things um, with the myocarditis, however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, just that was huge too. Um, and just like, just the swing that took too, because remember that day when that report came out, people were like, oh, yep, no way Big Ten football happens this year. Um, but then that report got, uh, what whatever the word is. Yeah, debunked. Debunked so, fairly quickly, might I add. Yeah, very quickly. And then just seeing college football be successful in the past week, even with no fans. I mean, it was definitely a little weird seeing Iowa State at Jack Trice having no fans in a couple of the other games. But I think at the end of the day, if you want to play football, um, if you want to put that product on the field, then that no fan solution is worth it in the end. So, I mean, just a good day in general. Um, obviously, our, our – 
we were expecting no football this fall um, for the Big Ten. It would have been a pretty lonely fall was through the first week. But I think, too, with just everything that happened, um, this is all worth it now. You know, you're exactly right. And, and the thing is, too, I know some people are upset about the Big Ten's decision, but we aren't going to really acknowledge them. But I'll say this, overlooking the medical guidelines, Sean, just with what the Big Ten has proposed and what they're planning to adopt, I mean, it's a fairly thorough and fairly, I'd say, pretty strict plan of what teams are going to have to abide by. Um, we'll, we'll have more information on HawkeyeInsider.com for the specifics. But basically, it means there's going to be daily testing starting September 30th. Uh, it's the daily rapid testing. And here's, here's the big thing, right? The earliest an athlete can return to game competition is 21 days following a COVID-19 positive diagnosis. With that being said, I believe there is an important distinction as to why it's not 14. It's 14 for the COVID, and I believe the next seven days it's a uh, transition period. Uh, they'll do like a heart scan for, like you said, the myocarditis. So that's why it's 21 uh, instead of 14. I think that's a good step. Uh, but look, the Big Ten starting October 23rd and 24th, it's a risky bet, but I understand why they did that. Remember, there was a lot of talks for the most part. Um, that was going to start October 16th or 17th. I started hearing last night that they could potentially push it another week. And the reason being uh, to give players and the coaches more time to just prepare for the season because I, you know, I don't think people realize – not how out of shape these guys are, but they're far from playing condition right now, Sean. I mean, uh, I, I was told by a source close uh, to the program that there were multiple players throwing up uh, just in, the, in a light workout returning. And remember, they were quarantined for eight days, eight, nine days. Um, they haven't been in a padded practice since August 10th because, remember, they canceled practice August 11th um, just with all of the unknowns. So, look, I, I think – 38 days till Iowa kickoff, assuming they play Saturday. I think that that's a good amount of time given the circumstances. Um, but for, you know, just for the Big Ten to be able to return play and for Iowa to be ready to play. And I know a lot of people are wondering about opt-outs and stuff. We'll update you as the time comes. There have been no signs that Emir Smith-Marset, Tyler Goodson, Tyrone Tracy, three of Iowa's biggest playmakers, have basically already tweeted out hype videos and how excited they already are. Um, for the season. So it, it, it's good to see that there will be football in kink this fall. There will be no fans. That's a conference wide decision that I believe that will not be revisited. Uh, but I mean, Sean, there's just, it's just a bunch of information, but it, it, it did feel really weird watching the big 12 and the ACC play. And I, I think Shaka Tony, the defensive end for Penn state summed it up pretty well yesterday when all the reports were surfacing that there was going to be a big 10 season he just said, guys, just let the Big Ten announce it. I mean, it's draining on these on the mental health aspect of the players. And I think that's an excellent point. You got to think about from a player's perspective just how drained they've been throughout this entire process. Yeah, no, totally. And, like, the players, fans, just like everyone, just seeing all the all the conflicting reports. And just like you said, Dave, I mean, with, with workouts coming out too, um, I know there were some people that – are kind of looking at the schedule and being like, I mean, I'm one of them being like, wow, there's like no room for error. If mm -hmm. the big 10 wants them, if the big 10 wants to have a team in the college football playoff. Um, 
I mean, the nice thing about the schedule that was out in August was you had those four weeks at the end of the year that if you had to cancel games, then you could play in those in one of those games. Like you could schedule more there depending on how your season went. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be – I'm optimistic about, like, the whole season playing. Obviously, we don't – like, we can't control some of these things. But I do think there's little room for error um, in this situation. I mean, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about it, but I think it's true because you got all those games in the limited time. Um, I think, too, like, I think – I don't know. Like, it's just going to be – there's just a lot to unpack. And – I feel like a lot of people are confident that they're going to get through. I mean, I feel more confident with the test, and I feel like players will be smart too because obviously with all the positive tests that came back, one, you have to take into account that that's when the University of Iowa really started ramp up with cases. That's when everyone was coming back to school. Two, a lot of those athletes were like, oh, we don't have a season. So, like, I mean, I'll be a little more carefree with stuff. And, I mean, rightfully so. I do the exact same thing, and I did the exact same thing. And I read the consequences of it. Um, but, you know, I think just in general, um, this this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be good. I think the yeah. testing and everything, um, there's a lot of positives with this that I think will be – that I think people will be like, okay, like, you know what, I, I want to say this too. Like, I mean, I don't want to play what ifs here, but, like, if we had the season, like, if the same positive results, tests, or cases came – like, I think they'd shut down the season for good if they were going to play the season on time. Like, now, I think that the players, people probably would have been a little smarter about it. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um, if that wasn't the case, that they weren't being smart about it and we were having the season like the original schedule, I think the Big Ten would have been canceled for good. So I do think at the end of the day, this is the right move. Um, but there's just a lot of a lot of fences that we still have to hurl or jump over, but I think I think I'm gonna stay positive and say that I think we'll I think we'll be fine here on out. I mean, if successful through week one of the other or week two weeks of the other of the other schools playing, so I think I think it could do the same here. Yeah, and, and that I don't know, there's like you said, there's a lot to unpack, and I, I do think it's the right decision. And it, here's the important another important part, Sean, that I feel like some people forget, right? The players can opt out. Nobody's forcing these players to play. If they don't want to play, they can opt out. They can maintain their scholarship. And, and you know, everything's good. And they, and they keep their eligibility. So I think that, that's important, an important aspect. And we'll, we'll dive in the scheduling about this. I mean, there's a lot to um, dive in here. So, let's, Sean, let's go right into the scheduling. I know there are plenty of questions about that. So what I've been told and what's been reported – is that it's going to be eight games in eight week season. And that's where, you know, like you said, when you extend the season or you start the season October 23rd, 24th, instead of October 17th, you lose that flexibility, right? You lose that makeup week, you lose that bye week. But now I really do like this idea. There's eight games in eight weeks. It's going to be the six divisional opponents and two crossover opponents. There's also a ninth week. So, it's called champions week. So obviously there's gonna be the league title game. There's going to be, and, and what, how they've set it up, Sean is they're going to have the second place team play the second place team, third place team play third place team, so on and so forth. There has been one report. I've not been able to confirm this yet. So bear with me on this, but they don't want repeat matchups. 
So if the second place teams have already played, that will not happen. Um, so I think that's an important point as well. And again, I, I mentioned this just a second ago, but Brandon Smith uh, just tweeted out that he's not going to opt out. He's tweeting out a hype photo of him and Amir Smith-Marset. So people don't have to worry about Brandon Smith opting out. So a lot of Iowa's biggest playmakers are back 38 days till kickoff. Spencer Petras is now the new starting quarterback uh, for Iowa. So I don't know, Sean, I, I really thought it was a great model by Barry Alvarez, the Wisconsin AD, former Iowa assistant coach, uh, was in charge of the Big Ten uh, subcommittee for scheduling. And I, I think it was a tremendous model. Again, you lose that makeup date, which I'm not a huge fan of. But I really do like the Champions Week aspect. And, and again, it gives the players a ninth game. So you're really trying to make the most of it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right, yeah. there's. I do think that's probably the best way to go. Um, I, think the, <laughs> I think the whole, like, consolation games will be interesting. I mean... As long as we get football, like, I'm fine with that. But I think there was a good article about, like, the college football playoff that Chris Hummer of our 24-7 sports um, national team put out that um, just talking about, like, the whole possibility and how the Big Ten can affect the playoff. And I think, too, that just puts a little more emphasis into the whole season, just the importance of the season, like, getting it done now. Um, I think they waited until probably the last second to really do it. Um, but, I mean, when you got to – when you got a pandemic that can affect a lot of people, like I think you have to kind of take your time with it. Now I know that's probably not going to be a popular opinion amongst many people, but I do think just seeing the way that they've been able to like debunk some of this stuff has been, has been really promising. And I think they just want to be, they just want to be sure because um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's just a lot riding on this decision. Here's the thing too. I think it's been fairly obvious for anyone that follows me on Twitter and follows, you know, our work at 24-7 and HawkeyeInsider.com. I've been fairly critical of Kevin Warren (laughs) in the Big Ten, to say the absolute least. I think they handled it correctly this morning in the sense that they held a media Zoom session. They had Kevin Warren. They had the leaders of the three subcommittees, the media, television, and uh, sorry, the television media, uh, television scheduling and the medical aspect. They had Warren and they had uh, the Penn State athletic director. And I can't remember the sixth person, but they fielded calls from the media for an hour and they and they got to ask the questions that should have been asked a long time ago. I feel like there's a lot more transparency. Again, you're not going to make up all the ground after the hell, you know, the hellish job they did over the past month. I think they did make up some good ground. And again, I think they wanted every single aspect of this completely locked down for the most part before they actually addressed the media and announced the return. So the Big Ten's back, Iowa's back, and now we just got to wait for a schedule to analyze, Sean, but we're, I'm, I'm just stoked that we're actually going to be able to write about football uh, for the first time. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I think to another thing to note, um, sounds like some, I mean, Iowa, this isn't like a thing for Iowa because they haven't had any players opt out. But you look around the conference and some of the players are starting to opt in, like back in, ones that opted out before. I know Michigan State had a linebacker, I believe, that opted out and is now back in. Um, P.J. Flex on the Big Ten Network, they're trying to get a star receiver, Rashad Bateman, to come back in. Um, so, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how the NCAA handles that because I know Bateman has signed with an agent. And at that point, like, your eligibility is done, like in a normal year when you sign with an agent. So I'm curious to see if the Big Ten decides to, or the NCAA comes up with some sort of waiver or some sort of rule that, like, hey, um, this might have happened. But you know what? You can come back because of the consequences, circumstances. So that could be something to follow, too. I mean, I wouldn't be concerned about it with Iowa at all, considering what you said, Dave. I mean, like with Brandon Smith, yeah. uh, Amir Smith-Marset, those two guys, Alaric Jackson, I'm, on, I'm almost 100% sure is coming back. Um, so those are kind of – and then plus Tyler Linderbaum, but he'll be coming back, too. So those are kind of the only guys I'd worry about, considering knocking out. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that, but I mean, potential future potential opponents um, could have some guys that opted out but then sure. decide to come back in. So so the rule is so I mean the first guy I think of Sean is Rashad Bateman, the Minnesota wide receiver, because I mean he, I think he's one of the biggest players obviously in the conference, and he 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 could potentially boost that Minnesota team that does have aspirations of trying to make a Big Ten title. So he signed with an agent. But the way it goes is if that player wants to come back, depending on what was exchanged, the player can try to go through the student athlete reinstatement process to gain eligibility back. Um, as far as Big Ten players go, I mean, they, they might want to be able to play since the season's in place. Um, but like you said, they, they are going to have to go through a waiver process with the NCAA. But I think this year, unlike any other year, they have to be able to grant them. Right. I mean, I, I think granted it's the NCAA who so never really want to uh, assume anything, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's a fairly open shut case. And I really do hope all the players that want to play are allowed to play uh, because it's been just an absolutely bizarre last, I mean, all of 2020, quite frankly. And I mean, I, I do expect that to somewhat continue. I mean, I've said this before, hell could freeze over, pigs could fly. It'll be the 12th most interesting thing that's happened this month. I mean, things change by the day. So, but yeah, Sean, like you said, I don't really, right now from what I'm hearing, I'm not really anticipating a number of Iowa players opting out. Um, I do think there are a few candidates. I really don't want to speculate on names because I don't think it's fair to the players if I do. Uh, But I will say this, I don't think many prominent players are considering opting out. But I do think there are a couple of prominent players um, that are considering opting out. So be on the lookout for HawkeyeInsider.com for that. Uh, but, yeah, Sean, I think let, let's kind of just go back really quick. Um, over the past month, I mean, just with everything going on, I mean, the entire saga – I'm of the opinion that the Iowa parents played a big role. The Nebraska lawsuit played a big role, and it really kicked off. I mean, people might not want to admit it with Scott Frost, not threatening to leave the conference, but saying they would explore avenues outside the conference to play. I know that got a lot of talking heads riled up about it. Ryan Day doubling down. Justin Fields' 300,000 signed petition. Um, 
I think I really think every little aspect has played a major factor uh, in, in the Big Ten returning to play. Yeah, there's a lot of it, but I think the big one at the end of I mean, you got to love the parents who are putting the pressure on the Big Ten, but I think at the end of the day, you got to look at the testing, the way they've been able to advance things. I think that's the number one thing you got to look at um, with all this going on. I think, I think that's clear cut, the number one thing. Um, but I mean, parents and players too, like just seeing the voice that they had um, over the past month has been really promising too. I think that definitely, definitely helps. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's just, there's been a lot of good, but Dave, I'm honestly ready to just preview the season and not talk about the past month at all. Like let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the first time we've really been able to talk about uh, a season in the first place. Speaking of which uh, we did get a couple questions here regarding that. Will there be a bowl season? I believe right now the the bowl committee is still saying they like a traditional bowl season. I'm not entirely optimistic about it because you think of how many uh, bowl games there are, and I believe 90 teams right now are competing in Division One college football. That's almost every single team playing in it, uh, or, or close to every single team. And they'll have to set criteria of minimum wins and, and everything like that. Uh, so I, I'm not really anticipating – a bowl season and Sean, I'll let you take the lead on the second one. And this just, it feels great to be able to talk about this. Can Iowa win the West this year? I mean, there's a chance. I mean, but I like Wisconsin and Minnesota, especially if Bateman um, comes back. Um, but they just, well, I mean, this is a big 10 West, but Sean Fitz of our Penn state site reported that Pat Farmer's actually not opting out this year um he said he ever never actually opted out of the season um so i mean if iowa gets him if gets iowa gets penn state in a crossover game that could be a that could be an intriguing one to watch but uh dave what was the question again sorry just can iowa win the west oh um i think there's a chance i think we'll see how the schedule shakes out i don't i honestly don't like I want to look at the schedule first before I make a few, like a big assumption. Your big bold I mean, prediction. Yeah, like look at it last year. I mean, Minnesota had a fairly easy Big Ten West slate um, up until they played Iowa. Um, and then obviously they played Wisconsin at home. Um, but, I mean, I, I want to wait on that. But I think there's, I think there's a chance. However, I think – I think where they're most likely, like, I think a safe option would probably be a second or third. I think you really got to be clicking and really got to have stuff going your way um, if you want to be that first spot. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to give them two or – I'm going to give them second or third. I mean, you got to get over the Wisconsin hump. <laughs> if, yeah, if they beat yeah. Wisconsin, I think Iowa will win the West. Uh, until Minnesota beats Iowa, I'm going to keep picking Iowa. Uh, but it's almost like the same thing. As long as Wisconsin keeps beating Iowa, I'm going to pick Wisconsin. Uh, and this was just in Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez on a media call. Says the two crossover games for teams are still to be determined, uh, but they should get finalized in the next few days. And the Big Ten looks to finalize its schedule, like final final, later this week. Um, so that's straight from a scheduling subcommittee uh, head Barry Alvarez. So we'll, we'll keep you up to date at HawkeyeInsider.com for that. Um, but yeah, Sean, I'm in, I'm in, I agree with you. I think Iowa has a shot. It's, 
I, I almost, it feels so weird to just say this, but I really do think that there are a bit more questions I have about the defense than the offense. Obviously, I think the biggest question mark on the team right now um, is Spencer Petras. I mean, we, we've been talking about him all along. Um, and I think he brings a lot to the table. Um, strong arm, six foot four, 240 pound quarterback, very similar to Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley's talked a lot about him. Uh, and keep in mind, this is his third year in the program, and he was an early enrollee. He's a redshirt sophomore. So he knows the playbook by now, but it's about getting that communication, that timing right uh, with his receivers. So if he can continue the trek of outstanding first-year quarterbacks under Kirk Ferentz, I mean, you know, if you look back at the history under Kirk Ferentz, first-year quarterbacks have done pretty well. Then, yeah, I do think Iowa has a shot. I think Tyler Goodson's still going to be – um, a breakout player in the Big Ten. I think Ymir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith are looking to boost their draft stock. Uh, Alaric Jackson, the same thing. They have Koi Kronk. I mean, the, the offense is as loaded as I can remember uh, f- for the most part. But, I mean, obviously, I still think there are some questions about tight end, but I do think a guy like Sam Laporta could be in for, for a big, big breakout year as well. Yeah, and this is where this is definitely a situation where depth is going to come in big time because, God forbid, something happens, someone tests positive for COVID or there's contact tracing or something, um, that you know, like that could hurt. That could hurt a whole position group. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen we've seen it with some of the offensive linemen. There were reports that came out at LSU that like the whole a whole position room was hurt because of it, um, and like that with the 21 day period, like that could really that's three games right there, potentially, um, two or three games. So that's mm-hmm. going to be something to watch. Um, but, yeah, I think I think depth is going to just come in huge. I mean, quarterback will be interesting if you have, God forbid, Petrus goes down. Um, I think at other positions, too, there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth. Um, I think safety might be interesting um, in some of the other uh, – some of the other defensive position groups, like you said, the defensive line. But, hey, I mean, as long as we get to see football and as long as, like, I feel like Iowa will – I think those guys will be prepared. Because, I mean, we've seen it before, that next man up mentality too, that um, these guys seem to be ready. I mean, yes, there's going to be some question marks. Yes, I think there's going to be some some kind of a rust and just some, like, nerves if those younger guys get a chance to play. Um but I mean, it's it's every team's dealing with it. It's just how it's just it just I don't even know how to describe it honestly. It's just gonna be one of those weird seasons that like you never know what's gonna happen on a week to week basis. Like obviously, you got to deal with injuries every year, um, no matter what sport you play. Um, but this year, I mean, we have a there's a whole nother um, potential factor that could have that could really impact the season. So there's a lot of moving parts of it, and a lot of you just everyone's got to be ready on the, on the roster. I think, I think that's going to be clear this year. Um, everyone's I, they should make like a three deep or something in case something yeah. happens. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Like just me talking there was kind of like mouth diarrhea because I'm like, you know what? I don't know what to, what to say. And like, what kind of to, it's just going to be a lot of moving parts with it. No, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it's just, Buckle up. I mean, really, because, I mean, like you right. said. Right, the, that's, that's the, the perfect way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an absolute adventure just throughout this entire thing. But 
what, what I'll say is this, Sean, and to everybody else listening, I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy for society in the Big Ten country that they'll be able to watch football. Because I, I think it, it's just that kind of cultural break that a lot of people needed. And I know there are still some people wary about playing football uh, in a pandemic. But, look, th- there's a lot of factors that go into this. I really don't think it's an open-shut thing. But I'm absolutely thrilled for the players. I think of guys like – think of Keith Duncan. I mean, his story of his career. Being a hero as a freshman. Um getting benched for two years, coming back, having a record-breaking season. He gets a proper, quote-unquote, proper senior season. Emir Smith-Marset will be one of the more memorable playmakers at wide receiver in the Kirk Ferentz era. He gets his final season. And these guys now have a chance to earn some major money, and they work hard 12 months of the year to get a handful of Saturdays to play the game they love. And I'm just – I'm so happy for, the, for them and that they'll be able to do that or at least be given the opportunity – barring unforeseen circumstances actually happen. Uh, I, I think it's a good thing for just just the landscape of just the Midwest and, and people who have something to look forward to, Sean, because I think throughout this entire thing, and, and you know, I want your perspective on this too, I feel like a big downer for some people is there's just been nothing to really look forward to besides the end of the pandemic. And now there's at least for Iowa fans, now there's Iowa football they can look forward to uh, every Saturday for at least two months. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a sign of hope. I think it's a sign of things coming back to normalcy too. I mean, this team's got a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Um, And, you know, there's just, there's a lot to be excited about now. I mean, obviously we, once there's a, uh, (laughs) once I see a depth chart and once I see a schedule, I'll be, I'll be really happy because that'll give us a lot of stuff to write about. But I think too, just looking at the fans and just like getting together. I mean, even watching football the other day, just like with a big group of friends and the NFL too, like was just was just really cool to see because that stuff kind of brings people together. Um, and a lot of this stuff going on in our world um, has kind of been tearing a lot of people apart. And just to have this back, like that's such that's a really good time for just the way that just the way society can kind of deal with each other. And it's actually nice for us, Sean, because, I mean, selfishly, I'm ecstatic because it's been not difficult to cover Iowa sports with no sports, but you know what? After, what, five months, it just kind of takes a toll on you to some extent. Uh, yeah. Like, so, I've been scraping the bottom a little bit as far as recruiting goes, not going to lie. It's been, it's been a difficult time for all of us. Um, and there was a question here, too. If Spen- like you mentioned, uh, if Spencer Petrus goes out, heaven forbid, with COVID – who goes in, and if they do well, does Petra start again? Alex Padilla probably starts. Yeah, I'd say it's Padilla. I I think it'll be interesting. Maybe maybe see Deuce Hogan too here or there. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think Padilla is probably the safe bet. But I mean, Deuce could be a guy that potentially fills in too. But I think you got to go off experience here, and I think Padilla is the guy. And as we're recording this, Barry Alvarez is still meeting with the media. So before I get to my answer on Petrus, uh, Barry Alvarez has said the Big Ten will be flexible in its scheduling. Fox has mentioned Friday games and even Monday games if they need to. So Monday night Big Ten football, Tuesday Maction, forget about it. It's Big Ten Monday. It's Big Monday. 
Uh, that's, the second <laughs> best, that's the second best thing to action. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, well, like I said, I think, I think Alex Padilla would be the starter. Uh, we'll break him down a little bit when, when we actually write our – Sean, we get to write our position previews again, and it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so, I'm, like I said, I'm absolutely ecstatic. I think a lot of people uh, are, are excited about it. But, uh, yeah, so we have a lot more to dive into when the schedule actually gets announced. Sean, I'm, I'm assuming we will reconvene when the actual schedule gets announced and, and go through some highlights and, and some uh, points of emphasis when the schedule uh, gets released. But we want just to really kind of break down our initial thoughts about the Big Ten starting football season. Again, I'm, I'm, again, I'm ecstatic about it. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, and again, I think it, like you said, Sean, I think it's a sign of hope that, you know, it gives something that people get to look forward to the athletes get the send off they deserve and, and all the work, you know, blood, sweat, tears, and everything that else they put in it, they're able to, there's at least some tangible just times and moments that they can live in and actually enjoy themselves. Uh, so there will be no fans, like I said, and that's a conference wide rule. But I think right now, some people may be upset about it, but I think more people are just happy that, that the Big Ten's back in session. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it'll all, like I said, it'll all be real when I get that, when I get that, uh, when I get the death chart in my, in my inbox. <laughs> and uh, in the press, in the press badges, if they even give us press badges, you know, with, with all the, uh, what, the handless uh, ticket scanning and all that. Now, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, they right. weren't even yeah. give season ticket holders tickets, so we might not even get press badges. So that'll be interesting to see how uh, how that works out. But you know, like I said, HawkeyeInsider.com, uh, we will reconvene when an actual schedule gets released. But for now, we are absolutely ecstatic about the Big Ten returning, and we're going to have plenty, 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 plenty of content on 24-7 Sports and HawkeyeInsider.com. For David Eichel, Sean Bach, appreciate you tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.